If you want to remember today's page, uh, today's class, there's just two things. Um, one, we're talking about things that happen to servants that would make them go free if, they're, if one of their limbs is damaged. So the first question is, what if you have him cut his cords or cut the whole thing? You know, the, does he go free? Uh, and two, um, how do you buy an elephant? And so now we can go home. <laughs> We've got the whole shebang. Uh, if your servant uh, gets, uh, what do you call it, emasculated, or if he gets, what is that, the uh, neutered, castrated? Yeah, that's the. I mean, a vasectomy. A vasectomy. A vasectomy, right. So that's the first thing. And I, I imagine sometimes you would want to do that if the servant has a problem, you know, or something. Uh, um, it's, it's when they had men servants that they had around women, they would often do that to keep them. Um, uh, from uh, uh, doing other things. Not Jewish owners, though. Well, we're talking about a Jewish owner, but let's say that, that that happened to the servant. Maybe there was a work incident or something. And so does the servant go free with uh, things that happened to the, uh, uh, that part of his body? And then the next question we'll talk about is buying elephants. Okay, so let's begin. Very important stuff today. It's always important. Uh, <laughs> We're three lines from the bottom. So yesterday we learned a fascinating thing, that there's um, two issues with the injuring of the servant. One uh, is that does the master have to have intent? Does, is it only when he has intention to harm the servant? What if he's trying to help the servant? Uh, and then two, what if he didn't intend to do it at all? Uh, like with the way he delivered the baby and the baby was born. Those were two issues that we mentioned in this concept that when a slave is injured, I mean, you could argue intent doesn't matter. He, you know, he, he's working for you, he got injured, he goes free. Or no, it's only if the master was abusing his servant. So then uh, we even had the word Rebbe Kiva learned it as a penalty, if you remember that. It's like, you know, what, what's the matter with you? This is your servant. You're not supposed to allow these things to happen. Okay. So we're three lines from the bottom. Omar Rosheshis. Let's say the guy was already blind. His eyes didn't work. And then, and he was a blind servant. And the, the, the eye got popped out. The, the eye that didn't work. So he says, He goes free even though he didn't see anyways. Why? My time, because the limb was attached uh, even though it didn't work. But now it's unattached. If a, if a slave, if, he, if he's working for you and he loses something that was attached, we're seeing over here that even if the eye didn't work, that's considered a means to set him free. Um, because that's mechusser aver. It's called missing a limb. It's interesting like that. You wouldn't have thought, what's, if the eye doesn't work anyway, what is it? But if the eye is poked out, then it's, he's missing something. But tuna, we can bring a proof to that. Uh, from an interesting source from the Korbanos. So there, there was a concept by Korbanos that, uh, uh, so in animal Korbanos, sheep, goats, they have to be perfect. They have to be tmima. Uh, they, if they have a blemish, they're no good. But that's called tamus, and also it matters which sex they are. Some animals have to be male, some female. Tamus is akris behema. Those laws of whole and being perfect and male and female apply to animal offerings. The ain't Thomas with Zacharias and the birds. It doesn't have to be Mrs. or Mister. Don't have to pay attention to that. I don't know how you would know that, anyways. 
Is there a quick way to tell if a bird is the... I mean, if it lays eggs, it's a female, right? That's the... Really? The males are more colorful? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, but at any rate, uh, you don't have to pay attention to that in birds. And also, birds are allowed blemishes. That's not a problem. Yochel, well, once you're telling me birds can be... Uh, don't have to be perfect... Again, so when you bring a Corbin... We, that was the famous lesson of Cain and Havel, was that Cain uh, um, brought a Corbin of something inferior. He brought junk. You don't bring a Corbin of junk. Even though it had value, you bring your best. So a Corbin has to look nice. They inspected it. It should be a nice-looking animal. You know, good. So I would have thought, if you don't have to inspect the birds, Yocho Yav what if the wings dried up? The Nikta Raglor, its foot's cut off. Or Nekta Eno, or its eyes poked out. Tamalomer Mina O, Fulo Kolov. No, even with birds, not every bird. Now, uh, you see from here that even if the eyes are poked out, that's considered a blemish. So getting back to our servant, even if the eyes don't work, if they're poked out, that, that, then that's considered a blemish, and therefore he goes free. Rashi Nikta Even though um, it was blind to begin with, if you cut out the eyes, so if you have a blind bird, that doesn't bother us. You bring a blind bird, we don't care. But if you bring a bird with the eyes poked out, that's a problem. So the same thing with the servant. Okay. Omer Rav. Hi, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what the nature of Rabbi, Rabbi Chase's his, um, problem was, but I know he was blind. I don't know whether his eye was poked out. And very interesting. You should, you should comment on that. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Don't don't know. The, don't know whether it's any relevance at all. But, uh, right, right. He was fine. Oh, you're saying the rabbi that did this teaching? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, was he? He was he was one of the blind ones, Rabbi Sheshis, Was he? Yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, that is fascinating. We found that a few times that the rabbi that was the was blind would talk mm-hmm. about a halacha of. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that that makes sense. You know, it was very relevant to him. He knew the halachas or whatever. The okay. I'm sure he knew everything, but it's just... Int- okay. What if a guy has an extra limb, an extra finger? There are people that have extra fingers. Uh, so, the tachva, and then he's working for you, and it gets cut off. So he says, no, I should go free. He should go free, because he's, miss- he's, he's missing a limb. But he's not missing a limb. He had an extra one to begin with. So what if he has an extra one? I, I suppose with tooth, you could also say that. Some people, they have extra teeth or they have more than, you know, it's, not a, it's like something that you can do without or something. They, they, uh, so let's say you had an extra one and it gets pulled out. So he says, He says he goes out. It has to be that it was in the right place. In other words, if he has a finger, some people have a finger like a mutant where it's like totally in the wrong, you know, if, if that's, uh, it's not really a useful limb if the finger is in the middle of somewhere else. But if the fingers in the place where the fingers are supposed to be, even if it's extra, that would be considered missing. Uh, if the finger is not even where it's supposed to be, that's not even missing. That's just like uh, um, something strange. Rashi, Shenisval Gav Yad, Shahaisa Bushura Shar It was in the right row. In other words, where you'd expect there to be a finger, so most people have uh, five, he's got six. Okay, Sabi, now we get an interesting story. We always get some interesting stories to wake us up a little bit. And again, we have no idea what the background to the story is. You can imagine that it's uh, 
So um, it's interesting that they tell these stories even though we don't have all the details. There were sages in the city of Nazunia, from Nazunia. And uh, for whatever reason, everybody went to the classes of the great sages when the, the sages would hold, would have these various classes on the holidays, other seasons of the year. That was called the Pircha, to the class. So for whatever reason, uh, this, this sage didn't show up uh, to the Pircha de Rivchista. He didn't show up to Rivchista's class. He didn't show up to the major Torah learning that was going on those days. So, Omer Le'Levhemnuna. So, Rivchista said to Remnuna, somebody didn't come to class, Zil Tznua. We should do that to those that don't come to Dafyomi, you know, let's put them, uh, go and, uh, go and uh, uh, get them in trouble. Rashi, Tznua means to hide away. This is a form of cherem. Rashi, Ziltsnua, from the word Sneas. Omer Leim Lahaskir, go tell him to go hide. Leishrubabayas, go home. You are, you are put into home duty. That's how you. You know, you should. Uh, basically, he says, I noticed you weren't here uh, and uh, you, you goofed. You, were sh- you should have been, you should have attended. And so, therefore, you're going to be put in cherem, go home. So. Yeah, I don't know how many, or I, I don't know. That's a good point. Um, was it one rabbi, or was it several, or was it a whole city? The elders, yeah. That's a, that's a real chutzpah. The whole group so it's didn't big, come. It's a whole group of them. So, uh, so also, oh, now, I guess from Hamnuna, who his, it was his job to get them in trouble, so he decided he would do some research first and ask them why they weren't there. So uh, that makes sense, right? Before you put them in harem, you say, oh, by the way, we know maybe they were all sick or something, right? So he said, uh, Where were you guys? How come you didn't come? He said, well, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, we uh, didn't go because uh, in the past we went and we asked questions did boy mina milsa below pashitla, and then he didn't answer them. <laughs> so we, uh, you know, that's the if you don't answer our questions, then uh, it's not worth uh, not worth going. Um, that's that's what they. Uh, uh, that's the, I don't know if this was a uh, a strike. You know, we're not going until you answer our questions, or or they were saying that they felt that a rebbe has to answer the questions. I'm in trouble if that's true, <laughs> right? If you, answer, you don't answer the questions. He said, we asked him something, below Pashila, he didn't resolve our questions, so what's, why should we bother going? So Amr lay me boy me now me. He said, you never asked me, below Pashitlachu. He says, well, I was there. If, if that bothers you, so why didn't you ask them to me? If you, need, if you only want to go, if you get your questions answered, you can't be shy, you should have asked them to me. So uh, they said, okay, we'll ask you something. Boy, me nay, now he's in trouble, okay? So they asked him the following. If a servant had his testicles cut off by his master, uh, does he go free or not? So, mahu, kamum shebegoli, dummy, well, that's, is that like something that's visible? Now, even though it's, uh, the question sort of is that it's mostly covered. It's not really something, uh, it's, people don't walk around, and, and even if they do, they, you wouldn't necessarily notice it. Uh, uh, oh, low, or maybe not. So that was the question they asked him. Uh, is that considered 
as something that he, as something visible. Is that something? Rashi. Um, now, Kemum Shibagoi, Sharei Tluyim Bekis, Benikrim Bebechutz. It sounds like he left the testicles there, but he cut them. He says they're like hanging in the, uh, in the, in the, um, I, I don't know my anatomy parts over here. The scrotum is right there. They're hanging in the in the in the in the bag, but they're cut off. Uh, so there's visible. You could see that he got them cut off. Or no, maybe it's like the inside. What's it, it's not that he cut the whole thing off. He separated the uh, the Bateson part from the rest so that he wouldn't uh, uh, whatever. So uh, it'll get worse on Ahmed Bey's. So <laughs> that's the uh, descriptive part. Uh, I don't know, when we grew up, we didn't have names for these things, or the names that we use, we didn't really... Uh, um, but at uh, any rate... We definitely didn't call them eggs. So. No, we called them balls, but that was the, uh, that was the American... Yes? <laughs> I also don't remember learning this Gemara in high school. <laughs> I see, okay. Very good. So uh, that was the question, though, that they... Uh, now, by the way... Sometimes these questions were symbolic. That's what makes it really, really... Sometimes these are Agatha Gemaras. If the Gemara brings a story like this, and they bothered having it part of the Torah Shavalpeh, the oral law, so, I mean, why, why don't you just tell us the question? Why do you have to tell us the story? They came. To, how many people have missed class in 10,000, 4,000 years, you know, who didn't come and didn't come, you know, what's going on over here? So um, there is a way to try to, you know, is there a symbolism there that, like, these are classes that wouldn't reproduce, meaning that they, you have to be able to teach a student so that he can go and learn on his own, and they felt that they didn't teach in a way that the student would ever be able to get on his own two feet, you know, or something like that. So it's like they're, they're saying, they were hinting to him that, you know, what do you do if, it's, it's like, it's, it's teaching, but it's not enough to reproduce. It's not enough for us to get it on our own. Uh, so that's why we didn't go. I mean, it's just a theory. But at any rate, it, there, there's definitely, when you have a Gemara like this, there's, um, it's an Agatha message behind it, even though we don't always know what it is. But you should know, you can tell right away that there is something going on. But either way, the question that they pretended to ask, or they did ask, was if a servant has that, and again, it could be a work accident, or it could be that it was done on purpose to keep him from uh, getting, uh, spending too much time with the females or whatever. But the question is, can the servant now sue for freedom because he's missing an, an organ, or is it something that's in the privates? We even call it in the privates. So it, 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 we say one of the rules was it has to be a public organ. So lo have biada. So guess what? Rev. didn't have the answer. So that didn't work out well. <laughs> in other words, he said, you never asked me. Okay, we'll ask you. And what happened? He didn't know. So then he went back to his Rebbe. Uh, Reb, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not yet. So they said, what is your name? Oh, by the way, who are you? <laughs> okay, what's your name? My name is Hemnuna. They said to him, you're not Hemnuna, you're Karnuna. So again, what... Uh, so they, uh, they were insulting him, basically. They were saying, your name, Hamnuna, means like reliable or trustworthy. And they said, your name is Karnuna, which uh, Karen means like corners. Uh, people that hang out in the corners are people that aren't spending time in class. And so they said to him, you're not... Uh, one of the things we say when we make a siyam is we thank Hashem we're studying and not Yoshve Kronos, the people that hang out in the corners. Mm. 
That's the uh, there were people there are people that just waste their time. They hang out in the corners. So they said to him, "You're not Habnuna. You're Karnuna." It's very unusual Gemara. Again, that's what that's what tells me that there's a lot going on with this. They were upset at him. He was upset with them. It's what a good old fashioned fight, you know. Or the but these were sages, so there had to be something else uh, behind it. So either way, we don't know whether he put them in harem or not. It doesn't sound like it went well, like this discussion with them. Uh, they had a real complaint. They felt that their, their questions weren't being answered. And, uh, the, but either way, the important thing is Torah, not to get caught up in the insults. So Rev. Nuna goes back uh, to the Reb Chista and asks him the question, what should I have answered them? So he went to Reb Chista and he said, they want to know what's the deal here with the... Uh, uh, the servant that gets the testicle injury. He said, ah, that was simple. They were asking you uh, a Mishnah, the Tanan. Uh, it's actually Tosef, the Tanan. There's 24 uh, limbs of a human being, of a person. And there are different rules about uh, 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 plagues. There, there's laws of plagues that make a person impure and they have to sit outside the camp. Um, and uh, there's a difference where the plague is. If it's on, it's, what's interesting is that um, uh, I know that skin, uh, people that have skin stuff, they look at the skin at different angles and they try to see, you know, if, if, it's, um, if it's starting to grow, if it's growing fun, in a funny way, like uh, you know, so that, that has, the, the, the plagues of the Torah also, there was a difference where they were and how they looked, if they were on the top of a limb or if they were on the side of a limb. So that michia is one of those Torah plagues. So those, you don't have to worry, that those, uh, if it's in those areas, it's not. The Elohim, what are those 24 areas? Roshe, it's both of the fingers, yadayim, of the feet and the, and, uh, the hands and the feet. Roshe, yadayim, the tips of the ears. Verosha Chotam and the top of the nose, Verosha Gvia and the top of one's privates, Verosh Dadim Beisha and of a woman, Rabbi Yudas says Afsha Beish, also the breasts of a man, Vitania, not the, the nipples, I guess, uh, that also would be a, a place for the plague that wouldn't be a plague, Vitania Labakulam, and we learned that's talking about the laws of plagues. But in addition, if a servant were to get an injury in one of those places, Evid Yotzem Lecheris, he would go free. Rebbe added to that list Afasaris. He, he added a testicle injury. Then as I said, Afalash and even the tongue. So you see from that uh, Tosefta that if a person, if a servant has the testicle injury, he would go free. That was the question they asked him. And uh, now it, it happened to be it was in a totally different place about plagues, but that's the way Torah is. You, you know, there's something over there in the laws of plagues that'll tell you about the laws of injuries of a servant. Should I be in there? Uh, we don't. We're not quoting the whole list. We're just quoting part. Okay. Omar, the, the, the trick. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Why didn't Rafista just answer them initially? He knows the answer. They didn't ask him. They asked Rav Hamnuna. But the elders didn't. They never because Rafista didn't answer their question. Oh, they know in general that he didn't he answer. Doesn't answer questions. For right. He doesn't answer questions. Right. He does. He leaves things unanswered. It wasn't and that specific question. It wasn't that specific. That was my understanding. Okay. Yes. So. Um, Omar Mar, so Rabbi Omar Afasiris, he included the testicle injury, Sirus Demai. Now, actually, the word Sirus means cut. It's this, that's what the word Sirus means. It doesn't, say, it doesn't mean testicle, it means cut. So we said, what's cut? And it's usually something that's cut. It's like, uh, you know, uh, so 
So ilay misirs to get. Maybe they cut off the the member. So hainugvia. That's the, that's the, that's already listed. Elulav sirs to beitim. It must be that it was something that was cut in the testicles. But they didn't really even address the fact that it's not publicly seen. No, no, they didn't. Uh, well, the question is, is that called publicly seen or not? So if we're saying that it is, it must be that's considered publicly seen. Or oh, it's sticking I out. You're, you're I, w- it, I mean, I suppose if he was swimming and not wearing clothes, would that be considered publicly seen? Is that like, that part of the question, not, it's not just that it's covered, it's that e- it's in general, like inside. So that's what the, I made me think that it's not cut off. It's just the, that it's, the, the part is severed from the, t- it's, place and so mm-hmm. it's really kind of uh it's it wouldn't be so visible unless you got very close that that something was uh not connected so, Robert said, so it does if I, I couldn't hear you so do i understand it to mean that it's not that it's covered with clothing but it's like something outside of the internal part of the body so if you damage his liver that's a different if you punch him and he's hurt internally he, he it's treated differently than something that's extra Correct, correct. I believe so. Mm. In other words, even if he was in the mikvah, um, it's a question of is this something that's normally somewhat external or internal? Uh, that's the. But right. what so if he had? So if he was, he was hit in such a bad way that you could see that there was a bruising, or that he had a cracked rib or something. That's inside. He would not go free for that. Uh, it would be a question. I don't know. I'm not an expert in that. That's the. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, they're actually asking something very specific. What what they're saying is is that the testicles are left in place, but the the duct to the um, uh, to the aver has been cut. So what that means is is that it's it's not a complete castration. These are people who are not classically eunuchs who have a high voice and who are incapable of, of sexual feeling. They're 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 still able to function sexually. It's just that they can't reproduce. Would it be visible that they had this injury, though? That's, is this something visible? Uh, there might or might not be a scar, but they, would, they could easily appear in, um, completely normal mm-hmm. to a medical exam. Yes, I would think that there must be some, you know, some way to tell that this happened. It's just a question is, is that considered external or not? That maybe they don't, it doesn't hang in the usual way or like it's at the funny angle or it's, uh, in other words, because it's not connected, it's a, uh, but it, it's, it reminds me of having the cords cut, even though when people have their cords, I don't believe anybody could see from the outside that the cords are, not that I know anything about that, but I'm just saying I, it's not something that's normally visible. This must be visible somewhat. Part of the question is that it's visible somewhat, but not, 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 not directly obvious. I believe that's the question. Okay. Uh, Rebbe Omer, Afasiris. Um, but, Barry, if, the, if those ducks are cut, do the, do the, do the balls change location? Uh, I, I don't think that the, um, the supporting structures to the testicles are necessarily the same as, uh, as, as the ducks. I mean, oh, you, can, you can go to a urologist and he can cut the vas deferens, and uh, the, the, the scrotal sac and the testicles really are in the normal place, and they appear normal. Well, that's pretty weird, then. Yeah. Uh, but either way, that was the first question of the Gemara, uh, was the testicle injury and whether the servant goes free uh, with that injury. And, and obviously there are different nuances to that. Now the Gemara, though, we quoted in passing something about the tongue. So what happens if a servant gets his tongue? We've been talking about the teeth. 
what about if the cat's got your tongue? You know, he gets his tongue, maybe he, he burns something and part of his tongue. Is that like a limb? Like, what, would, that be, would that be considered an injury that he would go free? So Rebbe actually referenced that. So Rebbe said, Afasiris, for Rebbe lush and low. It implied from Rebbe that the tongue wouldn't do the trick. Rashi, Ula Rebbe lush and low. Ula Rebbe lush and low have mum goli. The reason why is because if you keep your mouth shut, you would never know. But then the question is, well, what about the teeth? Um, well, maybe, like, it's, it, uh, to me, it sounds like the teeth, you, everybody has to, the mouth opens a little bit, you see the teeth, but you don't necessarily see a person's tongue. You would hear that tongue. Yeah. But is that a visible thing? No, he was called the Medabe. Right, that's it. He was called the Medabe. That's like the main thing. What? So that's a big blemish, but is it a visible blemish? Is it, that, that's kind of the question. Uh, so, um, Mm-hmm. It's certainly noticeable. <laughs> that. Right, that's right. Okay. Well, that's not called gully. That's what Rashi says. What does gully mean? What does noticeable mean? Gully means like revealed, like open. Um, and again, I, I suppose with the testicles, that's the question. Is this something that's... Mm-hmm. Um, so, but apparently Rebbe uh, doesn't like the tongue. So Rebbe lush and over a minute. Let's ask the question. Misha hayo maza. So... We're talking about tongues, and now we're talking about say it, don't spray it. No, but this is not the spray. This is the, uh, the paraduma spray, a guy who's doing the paraduma spritz. Now, basically, the, you had the spritzer. The people would be, uh, they had the water with the ashes in it of the paraduma, and he, it was like a, um, he had a thing that he would spritz. The, now, it's hard to aim that thing, and you had a few people there at the mikvah who were purifying themselves, and what happens if the, where does the spritz land on the person to purify? He only needs it to touch one little bit. It's, it's interesting how that, um, in fact, they talk about that mikvah, you got to totally go in. Whereas the paraduma, even if it touches a little bit, just somewhere on his body, he becomes pure. Uh, I have a nice, there's a nice young kippur drush on that, on the, uh, I'll tell you one day. But uh, over there, the, um, the spritz, so what happens if the guy goes for the spritz, and it goes in his mouth? It goes in his mouth. Uh, Rabbi says, uh, that works. Your mouth is... Uh, now, but it has to go in an external place. They say, That's, uh, that doesn't count. It goes in his mouth. Um, I don't know what it tastes like. Uh, Rashi, Rebbe, Omar, he said, even though you need it, Hazor has to be on the outside, and Rebbe said the mouth counts, and the Chamin say it doesn't. What, what, what does it mean? Where did it go in the mouth? My love, I was shown it, went on his tongue. And so we see uh, that Rebbe held the tongue as considered the outside. So this contradicts Rebbe. Rebbe said when it comes to the, uh, the limbs that the plague is visible on, and limbs that a servant goes out, the tongue doesn't count. And over here, for the spritzing halachas, the tongue counts as the outside. So the Morris said, no, it didn't say the tongue, maybe it just means the lips, al-svasaf. And the lips, of course that's the outside. So the Morris said, al-svasaf, chita. What would the shaila be if the, um, if the spritz falls on your lips? So the Morris says, ma'udetein mizim zikholim. Depends on what part of the lips. There's a part of the lips if you, um, some, sometimes is inside. There's a part of the lip that's more on the inside. So I would have thought maybe it doesn't count, Kamash Malone, that even the inner part of the lip 
is considered external. Um, but didn't we learn on the tongue? The lushan is the tongue. If an animal is missing most of its tongue, Rabbi says, the part that you talk from. So we see that he does hold that the tongue is considered external. So why didn't he include it on the list? Actually, he didn't. We were inferring. He, when he added the testicles, he said the testicles and certainly the tongue. If you're going to tell me that the testicles, which are somewhat private, are considered external, certainly the tongue is a little more uh, public than the, than the testicles. Ben Azi Omar Lushan, he agreed that the tongue is considered external, a goalie revealed. Albusiris, though, but he didn't agree about the testicles. I said even Afa Kamaisa on the first case. Ihachi Naktima, the Ben Azi So we should, the question is, when we were adding to the list, Shouldn't we have listed, uh, when they were adding, if one was agreeing to the other one, uh, when one added the testicles and one added the tongue, did he mean, I agree with you about the testicles, but also the tongue? Or did he mean only the tongue and not the testicles? So he should have been listed first. The order is funny. So Umar said, Tani Shamalidu Rebbe, because first he heard Rebbe about the testicles, and he added that. The Shamalidu Benazai, and he heard about Benazai, about the tongue, and he included that. But Tani Mishnah Lozazim Mekoma. Basically, they learned the Mishnah orally, and so even though later on it'd be nice to edit it in certain ways, but once uh, you know, people were remembering you know, tens of thousands of, of lines by heart, and then you try to fix it, it's going to mess up the whole program. So they, didn't, they left the original text that way and just added to it rather than re-editing it in the Mishnah. Um, it's, a, it, it's a lesson, too. You know, if, if you learn some, a person learns something wrong... Um, I, I, I know I have people ask me kashras questions, like for Pesach. Some people ask the same question every year. And it's because it never went in right. Like when they first had that lesson when they were in, uh, whenever that was, you know, something about kidneys, I never go with this way. It just, it didn't go in right. And so the, every single year after that, it still won't go in right. But had it been corrected then, they would have had it forever. You know, like that's the... Uh, uh, but so with the Mishnah also, if you're going to, once they memorized it, and they, you're learning it all, you know, to know it by heart, you can't just go back and fix it, you know. You, so they added to it, and that was the, the way they did it. Everybody agrees with the tongue, that's in the open. Uh, or also, if a dead creepy touches it. My time, I don't know what he's doing eating a dead creepy, but if his tongue were to touch it, it touches it. Uh, Touching with the tongue is also touching. Don't eat in the dark, I guess. That's the lesson, you know. The, but if, let's say, it was dark and he ate, and he ate something, it turned out to be touch the dead creepy. Yeah. What's interesting about the tongue is that, uh, or the, even the inner part of the ear, when we talk about going to the mikvah for being... Oh, that's coming up. That's the next line. Next line. They say that it has to have the potential to go... Ah, that's coming up. That's coming up. That's coming up. But when it comes to going to the mikvah, the tongue is not considered a public part. That's considered tamadami. In other words, you don't have to have your tongue touch the mikvah water. My time, it says, wash your body in the water, my besoro. Just like your body, it means the outside. Now also, the, uh, as long as your body, you don't have to open your mouth when you're in the mikvah. The debate is regarding the spritzing. Rebbe says we compared it to a and if you, if you ate something at night and uh, 
you tasted the dead creepy that crawled into your food, <coughs> and now your tummy. <coughs> there, so therefore, this would be similar to that. If a person loses his part of his tongue, so that's a, a public organ, and the servant goes free. Rabbana, he says, let's look at tvila. As long as the mouth is closed, it's a tvila. So we see where the argument about the tongue comes in. Trevaya, what are they arguing? And it's in the Pasuk. It says, V'hizeh Torah al-Tami. Rabbi Savra, V'hizeh Torah al-Tami, V'yam ashlishi, V'yam ashri, V'chetum. It says that he spritzes the, the Torah, does the Tami on the third and the seventh day, and he purifies himself. Rabbana Savra, V'chizeh V'yam ashri, V'kibis V'gada, V'rochatz V'mayim. V'rabbanan, so the question here is in the, um, let's see, um, the, the question is, just looking at this Pusik, looking for the Rashi. Um, this, uh, let's try the Rashi, it's about six lines down, the Indian Toma, the Kaimelan Mage Bezestorim Enimitame. For tuma, if something touches inside, like a hidden part of the body, uh, let's say he swallowed it or something, it's not metamis, that is needed mikola sheyigabo hazav. Hashat of tar bitmiya. Hatvila boy. Basically, within this pasik, I'm not going to have time to get into the particulars, uh, would be this discussion whether or not the, uh, the tuma would affect the, the tongue. Ivrabana nami nitmila tuma. So why doesn't Rebbe compare it to the laws of Tuma where it is affected? So Gemara said, You'd rather learn the Tahar from Tahar rather than learn from the laws of Tuma. But Rebbe nidmed l'tvila. Why doesn't Rebbe learn from the mikvah? It's, it separates it with that laws of the washing. Does Rebbe hold that the mouth is considered uh, inside. It once happened, everybody remembers that story. Rebbe had, uh, had chefs in his house, maid servants who did the cooking, and they ate food with real purity. And so the story was, one of his women who became impure went to the mikvah, and she came up, and then when she got home from the mikvah, she realized there was a bone in between her teeth. She forgot to floss. Rebbe said, go back, go jump in the lake again. So what do you see? The, now, that's inside the mouth. So what are we saying that we're not worried about the tongue when you dunk? Rebbe made the, uh, this shifka go retoible because she had a bone in her teeth. He said, and even though the water doesn't have to go into the mouth, it has to be that in theory it could go in. And here, because the bone was blocking her teeth, it couldn't go in. And Reb Zeyre Takoha Roy Labila says a similar halacha by the mixing of the karbanas. If you could have mixed it, ain't bila, but the fact that you didn't mix the oil and the flour doesn't mess up the korban. But if you didn't have enough oil that had you wanted to, you could, then it would have messed it up. Kitanoi. And that's, that's an earlier machlokis. Um, this issue about the, um, the testicles, is that injury or not? And where do we see that? It has to do with the Pasuk. It says, Umalk sus v'karus. Those are various things that could happen to uh, injuries. Uh, crushed, bru- uh, cut, bruised, and separate. Kulam babetzim. And all of those are in the testicles. Divrei Yehuda. Divrei Rebbe. Divrei Rebbe Yehuda. Babetzim. 
he says, so the more uh, says, the beitzim below begin, but what does he mean in the beitzim and not in the gid? So the more says, elakulam afa beitzim, divi rebihud. It means even the beitzim, but certainly the gid too. Relaza ben Yaakov says, no, kulam begin. They're only in the gid, not in the beitzim. So we see that it was an earlier argument whether the testicle injuries are considered uh, the, uh, for a slave to go free. Rabbi Yossi says, He says that the, the bruise and the cutting is to the testicles. Nuts of a chorus, that's in the gid, but not in the beitzim. What does the Oscar call these? It's like... Um, Male member and testicles? No, no, the bruised. It's, it's bruised and... Squashed and crushed. Squashed and crushed. What's the difference between squashed and crushed? <laughs> okay. There is a difference. That, uh, Flattened, maybe, and, mm-hmm. and bruised or something. Like broken apart? Broken apart. Yeah, something like that. Uh, that's the, but either way, um, the bottom line was, I told you the first half of the class is whether testicles, a testicle injury will set the servant free. Okay. New Mishnah. Now we're talking about acquiring things. So there's different types of animals. In those days especially, you were a farmer, you know, you had different, you had big, you had big, uh, big animals and small animals. So how do you, and, and sometimes you change your mind, I don't want it. So at what point is it too late? When's the Kenyan? So behemagasa, large animals, niknab and misira. You can't pick up a large animal. You acquire it by handing over the misira, handing over the reins. We'll see more about how that works. For hadaka, the small animals you pick up, tivei rebi meir. They say, You have to pull it. You lead it on the, on the uh, that's how you acquire it. We're going to see a lot more about these forms of Kenyan as we go on. He said, no, the big animals you acquire uh, not with handing over the reins, you have to move it. You have to take it and pull it along. Did he say that you got to pull it? Didn't we learn in the mission it's enough to hand over the reins? So Rab Nami Misira, he meant both. Omar Hadr Bey did he change his mind? Ki Haitana, didn't we learn that the Tanya, both of them you have to pull. Rav Shimon says, no, you have to pick them up. The question is, is there an exclusive method? Or are there multiple methods for acquiring these? Masigler of Yosef, Elamiata, according to you, that you have to move, um, you got to pick it up. How do you pick up the elephant? Elamiata, Pilla, Rishima, Mayikna. How do you acquire an elephant? How are you going to pick up? How are you going to move it? I think also, I, can't, I think you can't lead it on a leash. You know, it's not like a horse where your movement makes it. There are people that lead elephants, but I, I, I don't know if you can get it to move. I don't know if you give it a tug. I don't think that makes the elephant. Uh, uh, it, he notices it. So, you'll have to use the henky method for the elephant. You're right. You can't use the, uh, it's, it, the regular movements won't work. Or there is another way to do it. You could rent the place that the elephant's uh, located on. Rav said, no problem. You take four pots and you put them under its feet. You have the elephant stand up. It's not easier said than done. I, I don't know. Is that, that dangerous. Yeah, that's what I would think. Uh, but uh, that's what he says you could do. And you see from here, Now, the elephant is still not in your home, and you're doing this in the elephant store. Uh, and so you see that that works. Even in the elephant store, if you get it to stand up, on the, that it works. Uh, but that's a debate. 
So Morris said, maybe it's not in the elephant store, maybe it's in the public area. How come I ask you to uh, there's a question in the store itself if you've acquired it. When you're in the store, you, you pick it up. It's not really yours then. You're just testing it out. But he's saying that the question is, in the store, if you put it on your uh, vessels that you're going to get it to stand on, that will be the question. Okay, we'll stop here. I'm sorry I ran out of time. I didn't time this well. I spent too much time on the first half. And so the last four words. It'll be up to the next mission. I thought about that. That was my original plan. Or or there's another way to do it where instead of putting it on a pot, you could get the elephant to go on top of bundles of, of uh, stalks. Um, I was wondering, isn't that the same thing as the vessels? Or maybe the stalks, it's just like steps on it or something. But they, they do that at the circus. I remember like when you go to the circus, you see the elephant standing on these four little platforms. The ringmaster, the 